Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash artofman and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash artofman, A-R-T-O-F-M-A-N, podsurvey.com slash artofman. Thanks for your help. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Well, you've seen them on TV's Ultimate Fighter, MMA fighters who pummel each other into bloody pulps all for the taste of glorious victory. But what sort of mindset does it take to step into a ring and face down another man whose only goal is to either knock you out or put you in some painful submission hold until you tap out? Well, our guest today has written two books on this topic. His name is Sam Sheridan, and he's the author of two books on fighting, The Fighter's Heart and The Fighter's Mind. In addition to riding and fighting, Sam has worked as a merchant marine, sailed around the world, became a smoke jumper, and has worked in Antarctica. Sounds like Ernest Hemingway here. Well, Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Well, well Sam, the first thing I want to talk about and kind of ask you about your background, you have a really interesting uh, resume. Uh, you were a merchant marine right out of, right out of high school. Um, you went to Harvard. Um, you sailed around the world. Uh, you studied Muay Thai, Muay Thai in Bangkok. Um, you're also a smoke jumper, and then you worked in Antarctica as well. I mean, what drives you to take on these different challenges and adventure? I mean, you sound like a really man's man type of Ernest Hemingway character. You know, it never, uh, it never was a real plan. It sort of evolved that way. And uh, let me clarify: I was never a smoke jumper. I was a hotshot, and I got offered a smoke jumping job, but I never uh, was able oh, okay. to take it because I started writing. But um, you know, just uh, you know, it's it's a tough question why why these things happen. I think a lot of it is um, is just the way my life evolved. I, I sort of uh, I liked the options that 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 came up, and I took some and, and said no to others. And you know, the merchant marine, I wasn't ready to go to college. I wanted to to do something else, and the opportunity came up. It, it's funny when you look at my resume; it makes people laugh because uh, it's a little ridiculous. But it was never that was never the plan. That was never. Uh, a goal to sort of set out to do um, a lot of crazy things. It's always been uh, just, you know, day-to-day, option-to-option, uh, what looks good in the future and what seems like a good time. Part of it is, you know, oh, I'm going to go work in Antarctica. That doesn't sound like a good time. But if you say, <laughs> I'm going to go work in Antarctica next year, oh, yeah, what the hell, it's next year. So then, you know, it just gets closer, and all of a sudden you've signed up and bought the tickets, and you're going. So you might as well just go at that point. So you know, nothing, nothing special. Just, um, just willingness is all. Well, so you've written two books on fighting, and I've read both, and they're very interesting. Kind of their memoirs uh, slash kind of sports writing. And your first one was called A Fighter's Heart. In that book, you call fighting an anti-video game. Uh, what do you mean by that? You know, when I started sparring and started fighting, it was, uh, 
it was just a, it was a revelation in terms of how exciting it was and how how um, how present you had to be. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with consequences. You know, video games and and a lot of the modern world. There's not a lot of consequence for what we do. There's not a lot of uh, you're never at risk. You're never really putting yourself physically at risk. And the thrill and the excitement of doing that, in a, you know, but it's still a very safe and prescribed and and uh, and uh, civilized manner. I mean, you know, you're wearing a mouth guard and you're wearing headgear and you're wearing big gloves usually when you're boxing. And and more importantly, your opponent is has agreed to do the same and to abide by the same rules. So that you know, it's a very civilized endeavor, really. I mean, it's it sort of has some appearances of of, uh, of brutality, but it's. It's actually extremely refined, and uh, it can sort of make you feel alive, I think, was what, what really drew me to it in the beginning. It shocked me kind of uh, maybe out of my stupor a little bit. Um, and I do think that the video game world and you know, is, uh, is a place that lulls you to sleep a little bit. Um, so, so, Sam, how do you think fighting relates to manliness, and do you think most men have this desire to fight? Oh, of course. You know, I think... Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're you're dealing with millions of years of evolution and your reptilian brain and your and your genetic, you know, desire to survive. So you're going to have uh, reasons and and urges to to fight in you, no matter how they may manifest themselves. Whether it's, you know, whether it's ping pong, whether it's chess, whether it's in conversation, you men and women to some extent you know they're going to seek to dominate and you want to want to try to express your ideas and, and control things one of, one of the fun things about actual fighting is you're getting back to your much more primal flight or fight uh, responses and, and into your kind of you know you're getting down into your uh, reptilian brain or whatever you're getting sort of back to the basics on that stuff and do you think uh, I mean why do you so, think it's so anyway let me ahead. just go back to manliness I think Pop culture and the way we see, you know, the manly men is is fighting's a part of that. But I think um, you know, the desire is in everyone. It's a little it's a little suppressed in modern times, sure. But uh, but it is definitely part of it's a, it's an integral part of being a man in human nature. And uh, you can't completely suppress it because it just manifests itself in other ways. I mean, I've had these crazy, crazy discussions with psychiatrists um, <clears throat> who are trying to, you know, one-up me on radio shows that, you know, fighting is this and that. And, and I'm, what I say to them is, oh, you're fighting me right now just in this, in this <laughs> conversation. You're looking to dominate this conversation and, and win social points. And, and uh, it's just a different, a different arena, you know. So, um, so it's, it's all definitely uh, uh, part and parcel for manhood. So, you know, Sam, you kind of, touched on it a little bit, you know, fighting is both celebrated for its discipline, um, encouraged, but also reviled for its violence. Um, how do you reconcile the two? Um, how do you reconcile the morality of fighting? Yeah, you know, I actually don't see them as in conflict. I, I understand where the problem comes with it, and some of it's semantics, some of it's fighting, fighting, fighting. I mean, to me, violence is about you know it happens when 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 one one party involved is not willing right so it's it's if a criminal attacks somebody that's violence uh, you know and fighting in a bar often is violent because somebody's having a just trying to have a good night and somebody else wants to fight you know and that's mm -hmm. that's not what I'm talking about at all and that's not what I'm interested in and that's not what I write about I mean for two 
you know, athletes to compete and to, to meet each other in a, in a ring or a cage in this kind of, you know, primitive combat, going back to kind of our earliest, most evolutionarily old memories of fighting. But yet again, like I say, it's civilized. You know, it's, uh, there's a referee there. There's rules. There's, you know, mixed martial arts, they call it no holds barred, but there's, you know, something like 54 holds you can't do. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's basically what, what, there's almost no permanent damage done. Um, at least, you know, that's, 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 that's the theory. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is, you know, the brain damage done and concussions, but that we can get into that at a different time. I mean, the idea being that, it, you know, you're, you're fighting without tearing somebody's eyeballs out. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're not, you're not fish hooking people. You're not, uh, doing you know they if they tap the fight's over if they submit to you so it's really about you know you're enforcing your will it's really about choosing and 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 being supreme about your will and i think that is actually one of the reasons that people are drawn to fighting and especially to watching it because it's it's a little bit of uh what you're seeing is kind of like fighters valuing their free will over everything else you know that's that's what it comes it comes down to and we all kind of get, can get behind that you know it's because if you get knocked out or i submit you you've 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 given up your will right i can mm-hmm. do whatever i want i'm the victor to the victor go to the spoils you know the the idea that you're willing to fight me to the death you know in quotations to to protect that free will is kind of admirable and, and heroic in a way that fighting me for money is not so interesting and uh, that's actually not what it's about i don't think either one thing uh, I've noticed, I've, uh, but I, I think it's really interesting about MMA fighters or any fighter, boxers, etc. I've, you know, I've met and I've interacted with quite a few, and they look very ominous. They have you know tattoos, they got you know the shaved head, um, just huge bulking guys, and they in the ring they just look angry and violent. But then outside of the ring, these are some of the nicest, most you know humblest guys I've ever met in my entire life. What do you think accounts for this dichotomy? I mean, what what's going on there? Well, it's interesting. You know, I think that was kind of what drew me to, to fighting in the first place when I was living in Thailand, and I, I sort of realized that the be- very best fighters in the camp were also the most devout Buddhists and the most humble guys in the camp, which I kind of struggled to understand at the time. And then usually the, the third-tier fighters were, were cocky and arrogant and had something to prove. And, you know, it goes to a lot of things. It goes to a lot of things, but, but uh, you know, one of them is... is Fighting is about identity. You know, you have to know who you are. Um, and when you know who you are, you're more relaxed. You know, you're a more comfortable person. Uh, you don't, you know, say I'm a, I'm a tall, skinny white guy. I don't fight like Floyd Mayweather. You know, I don't stand in the pocket. I, I have to know my identity. I have to fight like who I am and make my strengths and weaknesses all strengths. So you, it really forces you to know who you are. And I know that I'm not a world beater, right? I know that I'm not <clears throat> a one-punch knockout guy, and I, and I can't back that up because I've been in there with those guys, and they they smash me. <laughs> so you 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 sort of can't hide, in a sense, in fighting. You're really you're really exposed. And I think what's interesting with professionals, uh, and as they have success, they're very exposed. I mean, you have um, someone who stands up in front of millions of people, essentially in his underwear. His heart, his courage, his his ability to think, uh, his uh, you know his character is on display, and everybody gets to see it and judge it. 
you know, of course, he's concealing things. You know, fighting in martial arts is about deception, but uh, he's hiding it in plain sight, and a lot of it he can't hide or, or she can't hide. So I think that goes to making them uh, a more relaxed person. Um, the other thing is often, uh, you know, if you want to be great at something, particularly fighting, you have to keep growing. You have to keep learning. You have to be able to put yourself underneath new teachers and absorb their lessons. Because the minute you start getting comfortable uh, and say, "Oh, hey, I know everything," you're gonna get you're gonna get beat. And this is, you know, what every professional, from Randy Couture to Abide Seharun to all kinds of guys, um, you know, they say this kind of thing. So, I used to think, "Oh, great fighters became humble," and I think what I realized was that actually, you don't become great unless you are humble. Uh, there's a little bit of a chicken and an egg going on there. The guys who who can't suppress their ego hit a, hit a ceiling uh, in terms of how much their natural raw talent will take them. And you see that in every sport. You know, you see really talented basketball players who who can't uh, can't keep growing, can't keep learning, and they and they hit a point. And then the guy who can all of a sudden is beating them. And I think that's just more obvious in fighting. Um, and finally, fighting is, is really, a, you know, certainly professional fighting, which is, is um, what I was sort of interested in and writing about was, you know, it, it is a way, a way for, for particularly damaged people to kind of find a place in society and find something they can excel at and find a place where their fear and anger can be really used in a positive way to make, you know, to, to, to generate uh, a career for themselves. And one of the things that would happen was that, uh, you know, once these guys who have these chips on their shoulders start fighting professionally, they really have nothing to prove outside the ring. They sort of, they know they're tough now. You know, they don't have to prove they're tough to everybody at this bar. They, they've, they've gotten up in the cage and they've fought really tough guys and proved it on a really high level. So a lot of the chatter falls away, a lot of the kind of... Um, uh, the radio interference of, of the static of uh, of uh, you know a tough guy in a bar giving them a glare that might in the past have led to a fight, you know now they don't care and they and they they can't care they don't have time they're too tired they have to take care of their bodies because they're they're an investment now you know what I mean they they, they owe it to themselves and their trainer not to get hurt so uh, that's part of it too. We're gonna take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Wedding season is coming up and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day, wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store, and they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. And now back to the show. Hmm. 
Um, in, in your second book that just recently came out, uh, The Fighter's Mind, uh, you interview, you go across the world interviewing fighters from different disciplines and find out how they approach a fight mentally. Um, what do successful fighters have in common when it comes to the psychological aspect of fighting? I imagine, I guess, humility is one you just mentioned. Are there any other ones? Yeah, you know, I, there was a couple different things, but certainly the ability to learn and keep growing was uh, was just, you know, you'd hear it from everyone uh, all the time, from Dan Gable and, and, and to, to uh, you know, Kenny Florian. <clears throat> Um, and I talked to chess players and ultramarathoners, and you'd always hear kind of things like that. You know, and, and I guess um, there are a few other things, but but uh, but that was one of the big ones that was sort of really ubiquitous. Um, uh, and I kind of, again, you know, it goes to identity and, and knowledge and, and kind of being unwilling to, you know, you, you, you may never be Muhammad Ali, right, but you can be the greatest version of, of Brett there is, you know, the best Brett fighter there is, you, or I could be the best Sam fighter out there, you know, and that's, and that's an interesting thing is, you know, taking your, your strengths and weaknesses and seeing how they could be most effective. And that's kind of something that everybody can, can get behind, you know, is sort of, you know, self-knowledge and, and, um, really fully utilizing your own strengths, I think is uh, an important, uh, interesting lesson from these guys. And do you think these lessons that we've, you've got from these, you've taken from these men, are they applicable to other areas of life? I mean, can an average Joe, he's never absolutely. probably going to fight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my wife, for instance, is director, and she recommends The Fighter's Mind, um, my second book, to everyone, because all her director friends, because, you know, there's just things about, like, dealing with fear and how you get over fear and how you deal with loss. Um, dealing with early success, you know, you, you get guys who, who, who do really well in the beginning, and then they get scared to lose. And what happens when you get scared to lose? You start losing. You know, if you, the fear becomes the problem, um, and you're not doing the things that made you successful in the first place. You know, so it, it, there's a lot of lessons I think. And fighting again, you know, it's just like life, and that's why all you know you mentioned Hemingway and Joyce Carol Oates and Norman Mailer, and everybody's been drawn to to fighting and box fight, boxing and prize fighting and things like that. It's just you know, it's just like life, only more obvious you know it's just that everything's very plain and and kind of out there to to be to be looked at and thought about which is why i think a lot of writers and filmmakers and you know find drama there Hmm. what about failure i mean what how does is failure an important part of the success of a fighter you know like you know henzo gracie very very famous brazilian fighter uh would would say uh you know you don't learn anything from victory you only learn something from your failures and really what defines your failure is whether you do grow from it, uh, whether you do internalize the lesson, um, you know, invest in the defeat, uh, which is, you know, again, it sort of gets into like, you know, it almost sounds like self-help books and, you know, 10 tips for successful people <laughs> something like that. But, uh, but some of that's very true. You know, you want to, the guys who get beat and, and understand what happened and uh, come back stronger and figure out ways to, to, fix that gap which is you know it's funny here's one of my little pet peeves is that you know you watch a lot of fights and and you'll hear fans go oh he's making excuses when a fighter loses he's making always making excuses you know and you know it's like listen dude this guy's a professional fighter this is what he does for a living if he just says oh he's i can't beat this guy he's better than me 
he's he's screwed. You know what I mean? That he can't do that mentally. That's not a good strategy. He has to have a reason, you know, a reason he lost and a reason he can win the next time. He needs, you know, his corner men and his coaches are all all giving him reasons. You know, even if they're not true, he needs a reason to think he can win the next time. Or else, how could he do what he does? You know, so. Um, that's a, just a little pet peeve of mine that kind of illustrates that. You know, you really um, you need to learn from your losses, and 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 Henzo actually has pictures of all his losses on his walls. You know, because like he says, you know, you you make a mistake in a in a big fight or a competition, you never make that mistake again. You know, and you lose because of that mistake. You 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 learn never like you know, uh, you know he let um, Sakuraba grab a. Uh, Kimura on him when he was shaking Sakuraba's back and Sakuraba broke his arm hmm. and he has that picture on his wall and it's uh, it's great because it's like you know he's never going to take the back like that again because he, he, he learned you know he really learned a lesson and I think he was winning the fight and had 30 seconds left or whatever so anyway yeah internalizing defeat really understanding and growing from defeat hugely important and I think um, everybody you know has to kind of get on board with that one has uh, fighting changed you as a man? You know, it's hard to say. I guess so. Probably. You know, I think. Um, you know, it's 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 tough. I, certainly, I'm I'm probably you know a lot more athletic and, and physical than I would be if I hadn't been doing a sport for the last ten years. And you know, you get out of college, and pretty much that's it for sports, unless you're going pro. So for me to keep doing things physically was uh, was an interesting kind of. Journey and become much more athletic. You know, it's a change as a man. I don't know. You know, it's it's hard to say. Probably, I would say probably I'm a little, you know, more confident and relaxed about confrontation than I was. And part of it's just the mystery's gone. You know, it's a little bit, <laughs> it's a little bit like sex. You know, before you ever have sex, it's a huge mystery. You know, wonderful and terrifying. And oh my God, what's it going to be like? And then you have sex, and it's oh well, it's great, but. uh it's not, you're not, it's not a totally different outside of all the other experiences you ever had, you know, and, you know, you're not in a dream state or, or whatever. So I think getting to that with fighting a lot of, you know, there's a lot of misunderstandings about what, you know, what having someone punch you in the face is about until you get it done uh, and, and done repeatedly. It's sort of hard to understand it. And it's not good for you, you know, I'm not saying go out there and, and let people beat you up but it's <clears throat> i think it's really important just to understand the urgency and the speed at which violence can happen and the kind of intensity that you need to to be at uh that you do it a little bit and to for for everyone really to, to get a feel for it and to, to just to broaden their understanding but you know i'm that kind of guy i think everybody should do everything because i think you know understanding is the key to the key to the universe and you're only going to broaden your understanding by doing basically all right well sam if there's a, a man listening to this podcast and he's like man i want to start fighting um what steps would you recommend that he take to get started you know i would say uh <clears throat> find a gym you know and find a gym that's close to me you know it's a, i never would you know i'm never going to go more than about 15 20 minutes to a gym that's that's just the way i am so either i have to go live over the gym, or uh, I find something really close to home. Um, but, you know, there's a ton of MMA gyms out there now. I would shop around. You know, for instance, if you live in a big city, I'm sure there's probably 10 MMA gyms that are in your city. Uh, they should all give you at least one free class. Go roll around on the floor and wrestle with some people and, you know, see how the vibe is. If, if the gym gives you a good vibe, 
uh, you know, great. And it's very personal and it's very much, you know, what experience you have. And, and listen, there are plenty of gyms that won't give you a good vibe and you won't have a good time. And screw those places, you know, don't, don't go in there because it's just not worth it. You can, you can waste too much time and money and get injured and all that stuff. So, you know, I wouldn't, don't go in and say, hey, I want to fight, you know, because listen, we, you know, MMA coaches and trainers, we, they hear that all the time. Like, oh, I want to fight. I want to be in the UFC. You know, it's, it's, who cares? Everybody wants to fight. You need to, you know, give me, give me six months of, uh, of, uh, getting into the gym every day and then tell me you want to fight, you know, and then, and then see how you feel. And, 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 uh, and it'll tell you a lot, you know, that those first months or two. And, you know, some people love it and some people it's too tiring and, you know, that's, that's the way it is. So I would just, um, shop around and try a few gyms and, and get a feel for it and then just sort of go with what your gut says, you know, go with your, your, your intuition on that. All right. Well, Sam, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. No problem. My pleasure. Our guest today was Sam Sheridan. Sam is the author of two books on fighting. His first is called A Fighter's Heart, and his most recent book is called A Fighter's Mind. And you can pick up both of those books at major bookstores and Amazon.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And until next time, stay manly.